You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 95, as Rookie Camp has started. Uh, New York Rangers missed out on Tyler Mott, which is t- was to be expected. And uh, yeah, we kind of have a, a good podcast to start out with, uh, I think. So uh, Andy, as always, I need to start with how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Seeing the footage from New York Rangers rookie camp has got me all excited. Uh, hockey's back. And also, you know, the, the official Twitter account is putting out footage of Obviously, most of the regulars are also having impromptu practices getting on the ice. Um, they can't have team practice, but they are allowed to have access to the ice. So they can just go out there, there themselves and, you know, just get themselves ready and, and do stuff in an unofficial capacity, I guess. So, um, yeah, it's really exciting. It's uh, it's the buzz we spoke about on the last time we were, we were together is just, uh, you know, it's getting louder and louder and it's uh, really exciting. Yeah. And, you know, obviously there's a lot swirling around the league with, you know, teams, you know, preparing and getting into uh, preseason mode and gearing up for the regular season. And we are now in mid-September, which seems to just be crazy to me that we're already halfway through uh, September. And you're listening to this. It is going to be September 15th, literally the midpoint. So, um, Andy, there's a lot happening. I kind of want to start this podcast off kind of asking you a question that isn't just New York Rangers specific, but uh, New York sports in general. I feel like looking today, I was thinking about all of the New York sports teams and how they've been faring over the past decade. And, you know, we haven't had a championship in New York in a long time. We've come close, but we've failed many a times. And, you know, I, I kind of want you and we're not counting Buffalo in this in this conversation, but I, I want to say which metropolitan area team do you think is the closest right now to winning a championship? And obviously it's the Yankees, but is it is there another team besides the New York Rangers that you might think could win a championship? Uh, I would. Well, definitely not. Well, I guess. You never know with the Nets. I mean, 
yeah they it's they're tough to gauge right now honestly they didn't uh it didn't really work out with the three-headed monster of uh kevin durant uh, james harden and and uh, Kyrie. so but and now harden's on another team and so we'll see but I, I still think there's some good talent on that team uh obviously not the knicks i mean you know i guess depends on how you see the rangers I guess not as the Yankees are clearly the closest in terms of having a team that as constructed right now can most likely win a championship this season. Um, I guess, depending on how you feel about uh, our beloved uh, New York Mets, you know, maybe potentially if you would ask us in the early, you know, a a month ago, maybe we might've said that, but uh, same old Mets they're they're in their, uh, Oh, it's the, the midst of their collapse, and I and I love every bit of it. Yeah. So yeah, obviously, you know, the Jets. We you don't even have to bring up. Uh, based off of one game, you know, I the Giants look a little bit better than I thought they would in one game, but I don't know if they're you know even anywhere close. But no, I, I would say it's, it's the Yankees first and foremost, and then you can maybe make an argument for the Rangers and the the Nets are probably in a similar atmosphere, you know, that next tier down where it's like maybe not this year, but maybe within the next three seasons, there's the potential to, to do it. Um, and then after that, it's a, it's kind of a crapshoot, right? You know, although, you know what, I, I will say this. I mean, I am very interested to see how the Islanders look this year. Um, you know, I think they're, again, they, they still don't have the talent they need, but at the same time, they've perfect, almost perfected over the last few seasons playing a boring brand of hockey and getting excellent results out of it, you know, playing low event defensive hockey. Now they're going to have a new head coach, so we'll see if Lane Lambert allows them to play a little bit more freely and at times. So, you know, who knows? Usually I feel like when you have a new voice come in and kind of free things up that those teams do well, but then they kind of just backslide into a, you know, too far in the other directions. But this coming season, I think with Sorokin, maybe the, the Islanders have a, you know, I think they lost a lot of dead weight. So I'm not saying they're going to be an amazing team, but at the same time they did shed a lot of their problems. So, um, but no, I think it's the Yankees first and foremost. I don't think anyone else is really particularly close. You know, maybe maybe if the Mets get their head headed out of their ass, but I just don't see that happening. Yeah, the Mets are tough. Uh, the Mets are like one of those teams where, uh, for me, I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but I do pull for the Mets, and I've just come to realize that this team is just not this organization is just not a winner. And, you know, it, you look at the Nets, I feel like they're in the same boat. <coughs> they're just not a winning organization. I just don't ever see them winning a championship, no matter what their roster looks like. Um, you know, the New York Yankees haven't won since 09. Uh, are they going to, you know, get to, you know, the World Series and lose or the, you know, the division championship and lose? You know, it's just there's it's just the same old story year after year. Whereas, you know, the Islanders obviously, you know, made it pretty far. Uh, game seven, crushing blow. They probably would have won the Stanley Cup if they won that game. Um, that's probably the, honestly, that's probably the closest the New York sports team's really been to winning a championship in the last decade. Um, I'd say 
I'd say the Islanders definitely would have won the Stanley Cup if they beat Tampa in that game seven. Um, I think they would have cruised right past you know, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, and then, you know, looking at the other teams, I just don't see any hope, you know, football wise, the Jets and Giants. Uh, you know, I even though the Giants won a game, I, I really don't think they're maybe a 500 team at best, maybe. So, yeah, it's just uh, it's kind of strange, you know, looking at the New York Rangers and, you know, you I know you and I kind of, you know, had a conversation earlier today about the most successful New York teams over the past decade. And that's going back just this past 10 years. New York Rangers are certainly one of them. You know, they've given us a a good run over the years. And, you know, here they are. Right. You know, we, we had our rebuild. It was quicker than we probably all thought, luckily. And, you know, here we are, you know, entering, you know, the 22-23 season. And we came off, we're coming off of a season where we made it to the Eastern Conference final. And, you know, it's so tough, this league, to get to those, you know, get to that series. And you see teams, you know, take many cracks at it just to get to the Stanley Cup final. And, you know, look how, look how good, you know, Colorado has been over the past few seasons. And it just finally you know, they finally broke through and were able to win a championship. And, you know, you just hope that the New York Rangers could find ways to just improve little by little and get to that point. And, uh, you know, there's going to be, you know, some digression, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, no, it's just uh, it's pretty wild going into this season, you know, seeing the Rangers have, you know, one of the best organizations in the metro area. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can, you know, improve upon last season. Uh, yeah. I, and you know, anything else on this, Andy, you know, I know we kind of spoke earlier about, you know, how the Rangers have been, you know, just a, a very good team in the area over the past decade, but, um, yeah. Anything else? Um, no, not really. I think, uh, you know, I think the nice thing hopefully about conversations like this is that they, you know, there's definitely always surprises at the end of every season, you know, either for better or for worse. So we'll see. I know, I know it's easy to say, or it's at least, you know, we, we make our predictions right now, but who knows, maybe towards the end of all the prospective seasons for each of the, the New York teams, maybe it'll, we might be a little surprised by who who's finishing where or where they end up. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, at this point, I still think it's, you know, I think as it relates to the, the New York Rangers, just being a New York Rangers podcast, I'm still kind of it's going to be interesting to see they're that one team where it's I think it's they're one of a handful of teams where it's like it's very hard to predict if they're going to be better or worse because they got better in some areas. They got worse in some areas. And then but they're such a young team that it's like, you know, it really is up to the up to the young, the, the young, the youth on this team to to basically set the course of whether they're going to be better or worse. And that's, it, that's basically it. So, um, so yeah, no, that, that's all I got to say about that, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And obviously rookie camp has started today and, you know, the Rangers, although their lineup is pretty much, you know, set, you know, I do think though that there's, you know, a good opportunity for some of these young kids to earn those bottom six, you know, spots, especially on the, you know, the offensive side of the puck. I mean, defensive side, you know, obviously Jones is probably penciled in, you know, Schneider is coming on to his sophomore season. You know, there's a lot of things to be excited about 
with our defense, but our offense, I feel like, you know, even though right now the New York Rangers pretty much have a set lineup, I, I do think that, you know, a couple injuries and stuff like that, you might be seeing guys called up quicker, you know, you know, I, I don't know the mentality that Drury will have going into this season. You know, he may, you know, want to, you know, roll with the punches if, you know, some guys get hurt. But there are there is something to say about the New York Rangers youth. And, you know, I, I know they've had some problems with certain players. But I do think that there's opportunities within this lineup, even though the New York Rangers lineup right now on paper is probably set. There's do, definitely opportunities for some of these kids to maybe get grab a bottom six spot, especially at the trade deadline. You know, um, you just never know. And, you know, with rookie camp happening now, are you let's start on the offensive side of the, uh, of the puck. Are you happy with the New York Rangers right now and some of their prospect pool, given the, the current roster? Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, I obviously they've had not a lot of picks, but they've had a good amount of graduates based on the position they've been picking in. Um, as you know, I mean, have whether or not some of those prospects have made that taken that step that they was expected when they were drafting is kind of neither here nor there. But I mean, just the way you look at it, I mean, um, Othman looks like at the very least he, I think he's a guy that if even if it doesn't work out, he can still carve out a role, a third line, you know, power play specialist role in the in the NHL if necessary. But yeah, I mean, between, you know, it looks like players like Cooley will at least have a chance to play in the NHL. Um, I I think Adam Sakura is almost uh, I just I don't see any situation which he doesn't play in the NHL, even if again, if it's a fourth liner. I mean, obviously, right now there's not a lot to that really pops out at you, right? I mean, other than other than Othman, obviously Brett Berard. We'll see if he he can put it together, right? Um, you know, but that's again, that's down the line. You know, he's not uh, he's not coming to rookie camp uh, this year. So, um, so yeah, but I mean, when I just when I look at some of the names, I mean, there's there's some a few guys who are projects. There's a few guys that are who might most likely are going to just top out as, you know, AHL players. But, you know, I mean, just given where they're at, they, they have a, a there's intriguing players. Obviously there's still most of the intrigue could be on the back end too, but um, yeah, I don't, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I think they're, although I would say they're pretty unremarkable, but there are some, they're not as bad off as some of some other teams that would be, that would be in their position. The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win, if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, 
an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So full disclosure, I'm a little bit of a freak when it comes to audio. Uh, I guess you could say a bit of an audiophile, if you will. Uh, I listen to a lot of music, a lot of podcasts, uh, other than my own, obviously. I do a lot of editing of my own podcast, and I also do a lot of audio editing. So just listening to music is a huge part of my life. And lately, it's been amazing. And do you know why? Because I'm using my Raycon wireless earbuds to do all of it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. They have optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, and they're so comfortable, they will not budge. Trust me. Whether I'm riding my exercise bike while editing or watching TV or going out for a run or you know sitting on the subway as it's uh, just banging around, they do not fall out of my ears. Raycons give you 8 hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. Uh, which is a long time compared to some other uh, competitors, trust me. And they're priced just right. You get quality audio for half the price of the other premium audio brands. It's uh, pretty much no wonder that Raycon's Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Uh, For me personally, like I mentioned, I'm an audiophile, so I like to tweak things. So their customizable sound profiles are perfect for me. The fact that they have noise isolation is also perfect, because like I said, I'm sitting on the subway. Other people are blasting music off of their phone or a boombox. They do not have Raycon wireless earbuds. They should probably get some. Uh, But, you know, it doesn't matter for me. I see the light and I have the noise isolation mode to keep me their music out of my head and only whatever I'm listening to in my ears. If you go to buyraycon.com slash THPN, today you can get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. So what are you waiting for? They are sound amazing, they are very affordable, and they're everything you could ever want in a wireless earbud. So go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today, get 15% off of your Raycon order. And, and that's the thing too, like the New York Rangers are not looking for any of these guys to step up and be leaders of the team. You know, that's what the Cacos are for, that's what the, you know, Lafreniere is for, uh, we're going to see kind of what we have in Kraftstoff this year. Uh, you know, hopefully things work out well with him, and that kind of changes the mojo that the New York Rangers have had with some of these players. Um, you know, obviously the current one being Nils. Uh, you know, looking at our defense, he just kind of got boxed out, and there's not much the New York Rangers can do. It's just the nature of having so many players in in you know, kind of one position and, you know, unfortunately falls on the shorter end of the stick. It's weird because I know we've had these conversations before, but to me, Nils didn't really play himself out of that position. You know, I thought the New York Rangers kind of fumbled a little bit with how they handled their defense, you know, bringing in, you know, just bringing in some of the players that they did, obviously Braun, and then you have Nemeth and, you know, it's just very, very odd situation that the Rangers had last season. And Nils was just kind of victim, you know, fell victim to just kind of just playing time. You know, where was he just going to fit in? And, yeah, you know, obviously Jones kind of took reign as the guy that's going to step up and be our sixth defenseman. But, 
you know, how do you feel right now with obviously Nils going to eventually get traded probably for nothing mm-hmm. because there's zero leverage on the Rangers end. But, you know, how do you feel about that whole situation? I, I guess it's tough. Again, t- teams like that are, have been in the position the Rangers are in that have a bunch of prospects, but are also, I think year a couple of years ago when we we're like, hmm, they don't seem to be cutting bait on guys like Kreider and Zabanajad. Yes, they, the, the, uh, the generation before them, the Zuccarellos and the McDonough's and the Stepans, they let those, the Gestals and Girardis, they obviously, and hell, Henrik Lundqvist, like they, they obviously, they, they were trading those guys, but they were keeping the generation between. So we, you and I were kind of like, well, what are they doing? Because, you know, that takes spots. You're going to draft all these young players with the, the picks you get for these guys. But, and also the fact that you're probably going to sh- finish in, in a shitty spot in the NHL regular season and miss the playoffs. But at the same time, it's like there's still bodies taking up potential spots on the roster. Well, it's obviously worked out that they're a compet- they're at least a playoff team now. But there's just not spaces for everyone. Um, and yeah, it's just it comes down to kind of competition and guys are going to lose out. And I think that's, again, I've spoken ad nauseum about Drury being a guy who doesn't really concern himself with that. He's like, I, he has a spot on this team he wants filled. So even if he has to take lesser value from one of his other pros, prospects in his system, and he's like, well, the other guy won out. So what am I supposed to do? Like, yeah, he probably could have been smarter about it or tried to be more proactive, but he's like, you know what? No, I'm going to keep him around until I'm sure that it's going to the right player, at least in my mind, is, is a decision I'm going to have to live with. And you know what? Yeah, I took a bath on some value. It stinks, but now I know that position is filled, and I sleep at night knowing that anyway. You know, not and not just like, well, we're going to put this kid in, and then we're going to put this kid in, and we're going to flip flop him, and we're going to see and and weigh. It's just I don't know. He's, you know, he's uh, whatever whatever the edict was from uh, uh, James Dolan. He did his job last year, so but he might have been trying to spin a few plates at the same time, you know, being competitive, but also, uh, in, you know, getting his, uh, prospects up to speed and acclimated and in, in, into the, the team or, you know, or contributing. So, yeah, I mean, I obviously wish it went down a different way and that the Rangers could have somewhat salvaged some value and been like, look, it's like we're, we're trading him because ultimately we, you know, it's not that he's a bad player. It's just that we have a log jam here and we have this other one. He's still a good player. But the second you say that he, his value is diminished. So then obviously it's only natural. He's going to go, well, I don't see as a spot here for me. So yeah, I'm going to request a trade. I'm not coming to camp. And now it's his value is even less, but I mean, luckily because of his pedigree at, you hope at least it starts a mini, like, well, I'll give you this. And another team like, well, I'll give you this, you know? So you hope, hope, hopefully you can get something in the realm of a, a second, you know, round pick or hell, maybe even a change of scenery prospect who's a, a first who has first round talent, you know, but we'll see. It's it's unfortunate, though, for sure. Uh, let, can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Who, who's our seventh defenseman? Let's just mm. say let's just say Lindgren breaks his hand in game one. Who's our seventh defenseman that you're throwing in there? And if you say mm. Lieber Hayek, the podcast is over. I mean, Lieber Hayek is still a New York Ranger. So, unfortunately, I think that is it is Lieber Hayek. I and know that'll do it for the season three. Well, yeah, we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to end this podcast right here now. Um, oh, let's see. I, you know, I think 
we got rid of uh nemeth is gone nemeth is gone i assume did he sign somewhere is he in arizona or something where did uh, yeah yeah didn't we he we did a mark stall with him that's to, right so ne- yeah nemeth went to arizona um braun went back to philly right which, yep which everyone knew he was gonna do um Batetto's like a Florida in Florida now, right? He's gone. I think Batetto's out of the like. He's just not playing anymore. Hmm. I, th- I could have sworn he might be. Uh, he might be the seventh defenseman for the the uh, the Panthers, right? Yeah, he's he's under contract with the Panthers, so we'll see. All right. Um. But uh, yeah, I I mean I hate again, James. I hate to say it, but it might unless uh, at some point uh, Matthew Robertson really turns heads. That's what. I was going to say, like, is it going to be Matthew Robertson? Because I feel like I would rather, I'd almost feel more comfortable with with playing Robertson a couple games and seeing what he has compared to Hayek. I mean, Hayek, the last time he played, I mean, they were not pretty. That was not pretty. So, yeah. Um, um, Yeah. I'm trying to think of any other D. You know, I, I, I obviously have a young guy like Hunter Skinner, who I don't know if he's ready yet, but. He might be available. And then you have the other, they have some guys, some AHL guys, they have like a Brandon Scanlon or um, uh, who else? What uh, was it? Walensky. Oh, Tenorti is, our, is not still on our team. Jared Tenorti is still on this team? Yep. Oh, well, <laughs> there you go. You know, it's funny because I there was a highlight on Instagram and from the NHL's official page, and it was like the whatever it was the most insane goals of the season and the first thing i noticed is that wow the rangers are the uh, the opposing team a lot <laughs> in these highlight reels and two every time it was the rangers it was tenorti on the ice like tenorti <laughs> got walked by mcdavid tenorti misses a you know runs to cover nobody while you know it, so i yeah i guess it's tenorti so but i you know i do for whatever reason at this point, you do know this organization does have a thing for Libor Hayek, and it's unfortunate. But you know, I guess you hope he just doesn't have to log too many minutes. But I guess I would want Hayek over Tenorti. It's so tough because Hayek has these little moments where you're like, "Wow, this guy can skate really well," and like make a crisp pass. Whereas Tenorti is what he is. He's all meat and potatoes, and he's just kind of win his battles because he's big but he's not a good skater and he doesn't make good first pass but Hayek is just his yeah his hockey IQ his NHL IQ is non-existent I just you know and I'm Libor if you're listening I'm really sorry to say this it's just I don't think you process the NHL game uh I don't know uh, better than NHLer you know so. yeah well better than the other guys that are there yeah so again I guess we'll see you know um We'll have to see. I mean, because we're obviously it's only today was the first day of prospect camp and the early reports are like, obviously, Zach Jones looks like looks really good as he should. And he's saying all the right things and he gained weight and he's sees himself as a leader and he wants to use this as opportunity to, to hit the ground running in main camp. And he sees a great opportunity. He's taking the bull by the horns, yada, yada, yada. And you hear another things like, oh, they're like, oh, Will Cooley's on a mission to prove something. He's really physical and he's 
competing for all these battle drills like it's his life depends on and all this other stuff. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe as camp goes on, they'll be like, wow, Matthew Robertson looks uh, real steady out there, you know. So but we'll, we shall see as it stands today. Unfortunately, it's probably Tenorti or Hayek, which are honestly not too not so good. You know, is Kraft's off at this rookie camp? No. Nope. I, that would have that would have been a non-starter, I think, I would imagine. Really? I just feel like, I don't know, I'd want to get, you know, my, you know, I would, I'd want to get, like, Listen, some I, ice time, as much ice time as possible. Yeah, he might be skating with the uh, the regulars, yeah. though. Yeah, well, if that's the case, that's fine. But, you know, I just to get the juices flowing and compete. I know. You know? Well, who knows? You know, again... We're, we're in the situation we're in with crafts often. I don't necessarily think most of it's been his fault or all has been his fault, but you know, he, he does have a little bit of an ego. Let's, let's, let's call it what it is. Right. But again, you know, it is what it is, but yeah. So that's kind of the state of the, the New York Rangers D this year is the guy. How do you think to he's going to do this year? Crafts off. Yeah. Um, I guess it really depends is will he get, we we've seen the way, we complained all season that uh, Gerard Gallant found a way to to like shortchange Lafreniere and Kako minutes, right? So it's very conceivable he can easily shortchange Vitaly Kravtsov. However, uh, if you want my prediction, I have a weird feeling that Kravtsov is going to end up eventually with Trocheck and Panarin at some point. That's I just a- have this weird thing. I just think I think from the, the limited preseason games and the limited minutes that sometimes they would end up on the ice together. I just saw there was like Kraftsov and Panarin have the same unconscious, like, okay, yeah, if I go here to the perimeter, I, I, you know, I dip back here, you'll find me and I can then just pass it across to you and you get a, like, I just see that weird, like, not 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 to the extent of a Ryan Strom where him and, and Panarin almost didn't have to speak to each other. Like it was just ESP, but, um, I just think that those two will develop some chemistry, you know, and I, who knows, I think with Kako, you, well, you hope not though, obviously, cause that's supposed to be, uh, in, you know, that's supposed to be a, a spot for a uh, capo Kako, but yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I, I have a feeling that crafts might be getting shortchanged early, but I think he will eventually rise up uh, the lines a little bit, but, I don't think he's going to light the world on fire, but you have to hope it goes. I, I hope it goes well for him because if it doesn't, you know, then it, that's it. He's uh, his value is pretty much diminished, you know, and a team would pick him up, but you wouldn't get much for him. And they, I guess they'd have if they wanted to send him down, they have to put him on waivers. So I hope it doesn't get to that. I hope he does well because he, he almost has to. Right. Yeah, I it'd be interesting if he ends up on that second line. Uh I'm just thinking, I'm just looking, you know, just doing lines in my head right now. And it's just like, well, if he jumps up to the second line, obviously Kako comes down. And then you got a Heedle, Gaudreau, and Kako. I don't think that's like the worst line in the world. You know, if Heedle can generate some offense and, you know, Gaudreau can kind of be a leader on that line, you know, and there's no pressure really for them to, to, you know, win us games, maybe that will help you know, Kaka, where he can play like kind of that defense first goals will come mentality and, you know, just suffocate the other teams, you know, you know, third line and it, maybe it's a better matchup for him. I don't know on the right hand side. I, I don't know. I, I, that's why I kind of like this team better than last year's team, because although 
I feel like there's a lot more questions because we are relying on our younger guys. I just do feel like that at the way we ended last season and the success that some of the younger guys had in the playoffs, I feel like they could be beasts here in the regular season. And obviously, Mr. Emotional, myself, could be doom and gloom next week. But as of right now, looking at this team and just getting excited for next season, I can really see some of these guys blossom. And I don't think it needs to be on the first and second line. I think it could be on a third line, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for the New York Rangers. No, absolutely. Again, I mean, you have proof of concept with the kid line. So I think they're going to probably early on try uh, putting Lafreniere switching to the other side to play with Kreider and Zibanejad. You know, switching to right wing, Kako with Panarin and, and Trocek, and then Hedl, I guess, with uh, some combination of either Blay and Kravtsov or uh, Goudreau and Kravtsov. You know, who knows? But, uh, or I almost forgot about Dryden Hunt, I guess. You know, he's still in the Rangers, right? Well, if they do the kid line, who is the who is your first line right winger? Uh, Kravtsov, yeah, I guess so. Why not? You know, he's got skill. I, I, you know, I, I just, who knows if you're ready for that? Uh, who knows? I mean, that's the problem. If you do the kid line, uh, if you do the kid line, I would, at that point, I would almost just take Panarin. I, well, who, I would just take, tell Kreider to go play on the right wing to play with Panarin and Zibanejad and let Panarin play on the left wing. I, wait, okay. If there is a kid line, I'm having I'm having trouble processing this. Yeah, because I'm having a slow brain. So, because right obviously, for, so we're going, we're going, we have, I, we're I'm going. Saying, the kid line being Heedle, Lafreniere, and Kako. Yeah, so Lafreniere on the then line is natural. Your sign first on the left. line is going to be Zabenajad, Kreider, and Panarin. Panarin on the left wing, Zabenajad up the middle, Kreider switching from left wing to right wing. Okay, and then your second line is Trocheck centering, or the kid line, Goudreau and Blay. Yeah. Well, I would probably uh, Blay, Kraftsoff, Trocheck. Oh, right, right, Kraftsoff. Yeah, because Kraftsoff's the top. He's not playing on the fourth line. It's just a waste. Um, you know. Okay, so, and then you have Gaudreau on the fourth line with uh, Dryden Hunt and, and Ryan Carpenter and, and Reeves, Reeves. I guess filling in that spot. Then. Yeah. Okay. Although we know Reeves is going to probably play more than. And then we got the goat as our extra. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. I don't I don't know if I'm like the only other winning thing, a Stanley Cup ready no, for that. The only other I'm thing okay I would that. maybe try is I would put Kako with uh, Kreider and Zavanajad, and then do two thirds of the kid line and just put Goat or hell fucking put Goat yeah put Gautier there because him and Lafreniere had some little bit of chemistry moments, right? Or fuck it, do that. How about this? How about this, James? How about Sammy Blay switches sides? And you have Blay uh, with Lafreniere and uh, Heedle. Then you can have Trocheck with Panarin and Kraftsov. And then you can have uh, Zabanajad, Kreider, and Kako. Just things to think about. There are combinations to be had here, you know. Yeah. But we all know what's going to happen. Dryden Hunt's going to somehow pop in with that spot. And I like Dryden Hunt. I think Dryden Hunt is actually a very good, uh, you know, bottom six fourth line you know defensive winger but i have no problem with hunt but he's got foss syndrome where the play the coach loves him so much he's like i gotta put this guy on the first line i gotta get this guy some minutes yeah and that's a problem when you when you do all the you have too much effort and you do the things right i think he's a good 
an underrated player for this team that constantly gets put to play minute above his head because he kill like he shows everything the coach wants to see. Where if the coach just left him to to literally crush his minutes on the bottom six, it'd be great. But you know what I'm worried now. I just went. I just went from. 12 to 6 right now <laughs> doom and gloom i can yeah. see Kreider end up on a third line i really can because i i could see moving lafreniere to the first line or panarin up with zibanejad on the first line then uh lafreniere on the second line with trocek and then Kreider being on the third line as the third line left wing because he's having that bad of a year <sighs> Yeah, I mean it, it's not going well if Kreider's playing in that position. Um, but again, I guess not. I, I, but yeah, I, I will say this: Listen, Kreider is mostly a power play scorer. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but no. I'm just the doom and gloom. Just less, you know, it was like a black cloud just went right over my head, and that's oh, what that thought went into my uh, into my brain. But yeah, no, I I uh, I, I like our lineup. And all right, so let let me ask you this. Obviously, the Rangers were you know pretty active and made some really great decisions at the trade deadline. I think you know getting Cop and Vetrano especially put us over the top offensively. They gave us just a different dynamic. Vetrano being able to shoot and just Cop stabilizing that you know second line. Uh, unfortunately, he got hurt, and you know Panarin got hurt, and Strom got hurt, and just kind of. We fizzled out there at the end and lost steam. Uh, the trade deadline. Do you see the Rangers becoming active? I know that's like kind of like a tough question to predict because you don't know what the where the Rangers are and what they need. But yeah, do you see them being active again? I mean, not they're not going to pick up like three guys, three or four guys, because right last time they they literally picked up uh, Vitrano, Cop, Mott, and Braun. It's not going to be that many guys. It might be one guy. <laughs> it might be they, and I guess if they can fit it, the comp, you say to yourself, if you can only get one person, do you really try to get a needle mover? Or even though it's just like, this is it, he's a pure rental, or do you try to like... Well, let me ask you that question. I mean, who who would you bring right in right now to to help this team? I mean, I guess it also has to be realistic, right? Because it's like the type of player I want is not a player that's getting, you know. Well, I also, this, not, this, sure this draft is supposed to be so good. And I would kind of be upset if the Rangers gave up their first round pick this year. I think it would be stupid. This is supposed to be one of the best drafts in a very long time. So I would hope they don't do that. You know, you don't want it to be one of those drafts where it's like, uh, you know, what was the, the draft that had. What what was the famous draft that literally had everyone? Uh, Two thousand three is, I think, considered the best first round of all time. Yeah, I mean, and just for, like, for just for, was it? Yeah, it was two thousand three, so, or, or was it? No, was it two thousand three? Yeah, yeah I mean, the, yeah. Well, so I mean, listen. At any point, you know, I, I'm looking at all the everyone picked in the first round, and almost all draft. of that literally. Yes, the the ones who like just off, you know, like there's more good players than bad players in the first round, if that makes any sense. And even the guys that aren't like you have Brian Boyles and Patrick Eves and, you know, uh, and like Eric Fair and and uh, 
you know, Andre, I see Andre Kostitsin or Brain Coburn, I should say. So there are guys that are just like, yeah, you know, they were whatever, but they at least turned into players. But, you know, Jaredev was there or Nathan Horton. But but then other than that, it's Flurry, Eric Stahl, Thomas Vanek, Ryan Suter, uh, Dion Phaneuf, depending on how you feel about that, Jeff Carter, Dustin Brown, Brent Seabrook, Zach Parise, Ryan Getzlaff, Brent Burns, Who's Ryan Who's the Ducks Kessler. GM then? Because they, the Ducks GM deserves – he deserves a, a yeah. raise or well, some he, huge he, bonus. So, he yeah, he takes, uh, you know – I mean, he so obviously right. He he drafts so, uh, gets yeah. He gets drafts Getzlatz at nineteen, and then he grabs Perry at twenty eight. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Right? <laughs> so yeah, there are good play. There are guys that that played in this draft. You know what I mean? There's some great names there. So if you know if, and I'm not saying it's they didn't know that at the time, but it just it just prognosticators think that it's listen between when you have guys like. Uh, Connor Bedard and Michkov or, you know, um, or Cooley who might go, you know, in some, any order in the, in the top three, which could be different, obviously come the draft time, but yeah, there's just a lot of talent out there. So I would ho- like the Rangers to hopefully hold on to their first round pick, but if they're going to use it, I want the, you know what I, and I know, I know he's not what this team needs, but I don't know, man, there's, there is a little part of me that is like, you know what? Fuck it. Just, you know, keep the team you have, accrue the cap space, and then get Patrick Kane with 50%. Just because, does, is this what the Rangers probably need? No. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't know. Just having Kane and Panarin again is just too cool. That, that's all, like, obviously, I always try to be a realist about, like, what is, how can my team best win the Stanley Cup? What is the sanest, smartest decision but then there's a part of me that just like says, you know what? Screw it. Put like let let Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage do the Mega Powers handshake again, and like, you know, because that does those when those two are on the ice, and you put them with Trocheck, who's a possession monster. I just think, I just think you literally then you can have the kid line and just find anybody to play with Zabanajad and, and Kreider. You know, I just think all of a sudden it just it that is something that does move the needle in a huge way, you know, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know who the Rangers would get. I mean, I said I think I said to you earlier today, just jokingly, like, they're going to get because obviously now they will forever be linked to Montreal because Gordon's there and has familiarity. So they'll end up trading like, you know, I don't know. They'll get like Dvorak or something. See, I was thinking more on the longs of the lines. If you're going to bring in a right winger, you're, you're gonna there's going to be hype around Patrick Kane, and then we're going to end up with uh, God, who's the Staten Island kid from? Oh, Le- Milano? LeBanc. No, LeBanc. Oh, Le- Le- Kevin Le- LeBlanc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Milano someone still, like him. is his Milano signed with anywhere? the Ducks? Uh, well, he was with the Ducks. He was great for them last year. Uh, I think he's a bad locker room guy. I have heard I have I have heard from Long Islanders who have met him personally that he's a bit of a douche and that, you know, also, yeah, there have been some rumblings about other stuff. Uh, Oh, well, no. Yeah, his contract's up, right? Yeah, I'm looking. He's I don't see a current NHL team that he is on rostered on. 
Yeah, but listen, I think how how many games did he played? He played, he played 60, sixty-six games, thirty-four points. Yeah, I mean that's not nothing. If you if you played a full eighty-two, he's close to a forty-point player. Oh but, yeah, I mean he's I mean, an NHL player. To, but to maybe segue to our next thing, what happened with Tyler Mott? There is a whole contingent of the NHL that literally thought there would be more cap space available for them, and now are forced to take these. The only reason, because obviously you look at what Mott got for Ottawa, right? Which stinks. But I think, you know, I think he wanted, he definitely wanted more than what he got. I think he wanted it in the 2 million range, right? And that's the, whereas the Rangers are like, listen, we can't afford that. So they probably had their talks and they're like, you know what? Go, go find your, we're out. Like go, go find your 2 million elsewhere. And he's, his agent said, fine, we we will. And they tried to, and they couldn't. And now he's forced to take a one-year deal at 1.5, whatever he signed with Ottawa. Whereas you're like, could he had circled back to the Rangers? But, you know, he had already closed the door with New York, and they're like, well, Ottawa will give you 1.5 for a year. And he's like, all right. You know, and maybe he just felt like he would have more of a chance to just play all year there. Whereas the Rangers, he could be in, but then there's Reeves, and then there's also... Carpenter and Dryden Hunt and Barkley Goodrow, and there's a lot more competition there. Whereas in Ottawa, they're looking to just improve all positions, and they really did. So, uh, yeah. So you know, I, I obviously it stinks because I really like Mott. I think he brought a speed element this team really needed. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm, you know, hopefully he can uh, have a good year and then get paid next year because I do like the player. I, I personally root for him. I think he's a, a nice, a good dude. So, but yeah, it sucks it didn't work out for the Rangers. Yeah, no, I think I think many Ranger fans really wanted Mott. Uh, I know I certainly did, but um, we kind of filled out the bottom six in a way in which, you know, we'll, I guess the only time will really tell. I mean, we'll see what really Ryan Carpenter brings. Uh, you know, another year with Dryden Hunt. Uh, we signed the GOAT again uh, one year, 800000 So, you know, and we'll have hopefully a full year with uh, Sammy Blay. Again, I'll uh, see what kind of these guys have. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm just pumped for New York Rangers hockey. Uh, I know you are too. It's just it's this month. At least we got some action on the ice, but the next couple weeks they're gonna move like it's gonna be slow. It's gonna be like watching paint dry, waiting you know for actual NHL games to start. I mean, hopefully it goes by quick, but you know it's not. Uh, luckily, you know. You know, there's other things around the sport uh, sports world that are happening, especially in our area, that are relevant that kind of will keep us busy. I know the Mets are losing once again as they, uh, you know, I guess they hit a vacuum in space and are just free falling. And there's literally nothing that can stop it. Absolutely nothing. So, uh, yeah, but I'm excited for New York Rangers hockey. It needs to get here now. Uh, anything else, Andy? Uh, no, not really. Like I said, it will continue to keep everyone uh abreast of developments uh with prospect camp rookie camp they have a nice uh interestingly enough they have a uh a back-to-back uh set of games against the, the philadelphia flyers. flyers prospects well i think it's on the 20th right is it like the 19th and the 20th or 20th yeah 20th? i think so yeah yeah so we'll see I, I i'm pretty sure they're streaming that or the flyers are anyway which is good because the rangers can't be trusted to handle anything like that without fucking it up so or at least it being shot on a potato they have some intern shooting it on their iphone 
And even though iPhones should, should supposedly have good quality now, it still is just always awful. So, but you know, whatever. That's an, again, I've we I think we've done every every season we do one episode on how bad the the Rangers like how so many teams like make it an event out of they do their whatever their 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 rookie blue and gold game or their prospect game or they they scrimmage each other and they they put it on they invite the fans and they do a skills competition and they stream it and it's in the arena and there's there's professional cameras so you can see everything and it's great and the rangers literally it's just and i understand obviously that if you look in their training facility there's like it's not like there's bleachers really you're either on the glass or there is one there's a crow's nest at some point, but that's literally just so Chris Drury and Glenn Sather can look down like overlords and no one else is allowed up there except them. So, you know, God forbid like live barn, they get uh, a motion controlled camera and just mount it to the rafters, to the ceiling. You know, I can watch, I can watch Gibby uh, in a better quality, you know, putts around the ice than uh, the New York Rangers prospects or the Rangers practices. It's, it's ridiculous. So, uh, but again, uh, very happy that uh, we ha- finally have some training camp action. It'll be interesting to see the news and notes. Hopefully, uh, so the, the the rookies that we want to distinguish themselves do. You know, it'll be interesting to see if Jones and specifically Will Cooley are really look like they're trying to grab a spot. You know, as no matter how well Othman does, I just don't think there's space for him. They're going to send him down anyway. It sucks, but it is what it is. I don't think he's forcing anyone's hand, but it is, you know, it is what it is. So, um, yeah, uh, well, I guess we'll talk to y'all on uh, Monday. Uh, and again, if there's anything you want uh, covered here on the Broadway Boys podcast, please tweet at us. Continue to tweet at us with your questions at Broadway Boys pod. You can send us a DM if you want. Or, like I said, just tweet at us. And uh, yeah, as always, we will see you all next time. So later. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.